2: Blazers fans, we got some answers on Thursday from interim GM Joe Cronin and Coach Chauncey Billups about all of the wheeling and dealing they did over the course of six days. Gone. C.J. McCollum, gone. Norman Powell, gone. Robert Covington and back. A bunch of stuff that doesn't make any sense to most people. I am Aaron Finchers of the Oregonian in Oregon <laughs> Live. I've been covering this madness for a week. I'm so glad it's over. And I'm joined on the Blazer Focus Podcast by my co-host, Craig, burn back. Craig, how are you today? Before we, wait, wait, before I, I know how you are already. Cause you just won't stop talking about the fact that you got to work at a game pre, half, and post that they won. Now, as someone who totally advocates tanking, as someone to- who totally advocates tanking and cannot believe they beat the Lakers, really? LeBron and AD against a bunch of little kids, really? It just floors me that you find it to be exciting because you got to call a win. It's not about you, Craig. It's about the pitch. Wow. Aaron is telling
1: somebody it's not about them. This is like George. This is like George Costanza giving the uh getting it. It's not you. It's me. Like you invented that. I invented it's all about that. me. I invented that. <laughs> no, but look, I. I have hosted quite a few games, Mm -hmm. and they lost all of them. So at some point, (laughs) now they've lost quite a few games. I am an uh, excitable guy. I have energy, right? Like, I'm not tall, dark, and handsome. Let's just be honest. I didn't get on TV because, (laughs) you know, I looked great in the suit. I have energy, (laughs) and I have energy win, lose, or draw. But it's a lot easier to have energy when you and I also got to do home games. So when they win and they beat the Lakers, there's people they're excited, the buzz, yeah, yeah, and the Laker yeah. fans are all bummed and they're screaming at Oh my god, matches. they were pissed! Ooh, they were oh pissed. man, they were mad. So I got to, and I, you know, they're and they yell at me and Michael Holton, oh, you guys still suck. <laughs> you know, like. Like I played. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Not man. Tonight. I, Not tonight. I'm like, I shut down LeBron. You know, that was me. A D <laughs> yeah. didn't get a shot in the fourth quarter because I D'd up. You know, like, but no, it was nice to get a win and do a home game. Uh I'm excited that Brooke Dam is healthy. She's gonna do tomorrow's nick game. So, um, but it was fun because I wasn't really spo- I was supposed to do just road games. Right. So to get the opportunity to do home games and then also look, I get what you're saying about the tank. Like it, you have, a, you have a strategy. But if you're going to win, you're going to win a game or two. You probably are. You're right. You might as well so beat, you the might Lakers, beat the Lakers, right? <laughs> you might as well beat the Lakers, right? So that was fun. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I, I mean, that was a fun game. There's no doubt about that. The way Anthony played, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, 10 points, I think, in the fourth, some clutch baskets. Anyway, uh, good for them. Defense. Good for them. Good. Now stop that. Now stop. Because no. I want to cover no. a top five pick selection. All right. So no. more importantly than all of that, On Thursday, the trade deadline came, and then Cronin and new uh, CEO, president, I think that's his title, (laughs) Dwayne Hankins, and Billups appeared before the media for about a half hour, and we peppered them with questions about what they were doing, because even though I'm with it, I still felt like they had some splaining to do, just like Lucy did back in the Lucy show.
1: When uh, and, you had, and you had a lot of questions. <laughs> I did have a lot of questions. I was, every time
2: I answered the one, they'd answer the question, and I put my hand right back up. <laughs> so I'd make sure I was in the queue.
1: You were like the annoying nerd in math class that knows all the answers. Like, Absolutely. oh, wait, I got another one. I got another one. Absolutely. I came prepared, baby. All right. So we've talked
2: about the trades. Everyone knows what went down the trades. We're going to we're gonna talk more about it. Don't, don't get me wrong because we're going to, you know, relay what was said and make sense of it. But I thought it was fascinating that, you know, Cronin said they did try and get some comparable talent for CJ and Norm, which was one of the big complaints was that they traded these guys who are good players and didn't get any obvious talent back. Although their argument is that we got we created avenues to get obvious talent, but they did try their they argument said, and your but. argument, right? <laughs> but they didn't find deals that made sense. Now, of course, they're not going to say what that means. My hunch is that means a lot of no on Anthony Simons. That's just my thing. Like I like I think Simons was there was calls made on Simons. I think if they moved Simons, maybe they could have been on Sabonis. Maybe they're in on Jimmy. You Grant. think Who they knows? said
1: no? I think, think Portland they would have said, said no. yeah, yeah. Of I course, think so. yes.
2: yeah. yeah. So, um, but I do think it's interesting that they did try. And I think that paints a bigger picture where, okay, we went out to try and see if we can flip Powell into maybe a six, eight version of Powell or flip CJ into a six, seven version of CJ or what have you. Just something that fits differently because of the size factor. And they struck out. So they said, okay, let's create opportunities and flexibility to where now in the off season, we can go out and make moves to fill those needs that we know we have. So what would you think about their
1: explanation? So I I think it was also a nice way to say, you guys out there, I think you might value our talent more than other teams valued our talent. And you don't want to say that, but that's what it was. Like, you know, we, Norm, with that contract, people didn't want to get, you know, there's a price to pay when you're trading that. And Rocco, you know, his days of the value that we placed on Robert Covington was no longer placed on Robert Covington by others. You know, you couldn't, and some of that had to do with his, it's an expiring contract. And some of it has to do with the fact that the Blazers got him at a point where there was a, an expectation that he might step up. Right. And he didn't, you could argue he just did what he does. And you could also argue he stepped a little down. Right. And then I think that is also a reflection on what, 7-feet, 290-pound players, how they're looked at in the league now. And I'm talking about Nurkic. You know, people want athletic bigs when they're making trades like this um, with higher upsides. And so they couldn't flip it into a, you know, a Jeremy Grant or a Ben Simmons or maybe, you know, get Sabonis, Sabonis back from yeah. that talent. You know, I mean, they they basically said, we try to get some forwards, like you said. you You talked about... We tried to get people that didn't play the one and the two, and we couldn't <laughs> right. so this is what we did we kept we got space now and opportunities to get guys that play the three, the four, and the five. Now we yep. got to go do it, and we couldn't do it before the deadline. I thought it was a fair and honest explanation like I didn't disagree with anything they said. you know what I mean it wasn't one of those things like, oh come on, they're just saying that I right. think it was
2: pretty upfront I agree, and when we talk when we talked about this. And I was saying this on Twitter all week, too, is that you can't expect other teams to just give you what you want. And so when you go out there with a Norman Powell with four years, $74 remaining on his contract, the other team is going to take on that burden. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, give us Norman Powell and we're going to throw draft picks at you to satisfy your fan base. It just doesn't work that way. And Cronin said – "This is this is probably my favorite part because it just validated what they were doing versus what fans and media were saying. He said – Teams were using it against us in negotiations that they knew we were trying to move contracts. And that's exactly part of the problem. That's where fan bases and people associated with a team tend to only think of the world in terms of their own team and not look at it the bigger picture and globally. And yeah, if I'm sitting down negotiating, the Blazers are calling me and they're like, yeah, we want to trade you CJ McCollum. Oh, really? Why? (laughs) Right. <laughs> oh, because we want, we want a comparable small Ford. Oh, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you owe him two years and 66 million. And now Anthony Simons is blowing up. And now you're going to have three small guards again and you don't need him because he's 30 and so- Oh, no, it has nothing to do with that at all. Of course
1: it does. So it's going to impact your negotiations in, in, the, in, the whole, in the whole process. Right. They're, they're <laughs> like, Hey, we got, we got Twitter. We got Twitter. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we know.
2: <laughs> so, you know, this, the same thing happens with Powell. Um, so t- to me, th- the fact with CJ that they got Hart, who we'll talk about later, but they they seem to really like Josh Hart. He's not as good as CJ, but he's different than CJ. And he's
1: and, a lot cheaper.
2: And he's cheaper. And then you got what's going to be a lottery pick. And it's going to be a higher pick than where you got CJ. Not that that necessarily matters because CJ has played probably above his pick. But my point is... You turn you got rid of that money, you got a twenty-one million dollar trade exception, which is just ginormous. You got a usable, really good player in heart, and you got what's gonna be a lottery pick. That
1: to me is a great deal, all things considered. Yeah, and it it's 70 million dollars for the next two years, you know, for a guy that I I love CJ, I love his game, I just it's not worth 70 million dollars right now, probably. And you know what redundant. I mean? Like yeah, right. And so and when you gave him that contract. I think Old Shea felt he had to, you know, that he was put in a place that they had to go for it. And he gave him the max and there was a hope that maybe he'd step to be a next level. And I think that that, that dream was over. There are times when you take things as far as they can go. And this was as far as this thing was going to go. I mean, no one, no one realistically thought that this team running it back again was going to win a championship. So that's what they did. And now there's the the big, like, trust us, we're going to fix it. And it's hard, you know, because they don't know. Cronin said it. Breaking it down is the easy part. Mm -hmm. Building it back up is the hard part because all we've done here is given ourselves the opportunity to be able to build a new team and probably build it around Dane but it doesn't mean you could get it done and that's when all these other questions come into that can they get an can they get a free agent can they land one of these players in the big trades because that's the only that, that's what they've done and also yeah. with these two picks that will be lottery picks can one of them be a breakout star can one of them Cross just your fingers <laughs> Like <laughs> blow up? Can how do you do it? Do you get a Luca, or do you go a little get luckier maybe later and get a Mitchell? There's so many ways to change your franchise, and with the top ten pick, and there's so many ways that it doesn't work out. Porzingis just got traded again. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, Doubt. I'm just, you know, sometimes when the Knicks traded Marketer him for my Bulls, yeah. When the Knicks traded him, everyone said they were crazy, right? And now in the right. end, it's not. I, I, you got to get a little lucky. You could scout Absolutely. all you want. Now Hart is a guy that is, a, he's going to start, you know, right now. And he's, he has a chance to be either your fifth worst starter or your sixth or seventh player. You know, I mean, he's got skills and he does a lot of things. So it'll, it'll be interesting. And the other thing, and we'll transition a little bit here to the CG, you know, saying, you know, goodbye to CJ. Joe Cronin was honest about that. He was not, that he wasn't gonna hose <laughs> CJ McCollum. He wasn't going to be that guy because, and when people say that, you know, it's a business. Well, guess what? You want to attract free agents, right? You want to get guys to come to your team. You can't then take a guy that's been, you know, a franchise staple and just hose him because then people will be like, "I'm not going there." And Joe Cron- Cronin wants to- just send him to the Magic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, the mag- like the Magic but- wouldn't take him, but go ahead but you're the blazers yeah. and you're trying you're constantly trying to tell people this is a great place to be and and cj has loved it here he's embraced it here the last thing you want to do is make him so mad that he trashes the place joe cronin is still trying to get the job that's the other thing that joe wouldn't say but you've gotta know everyone knows he's interim so he's under pressure to do things. And and so the other GMs know that too. So he had he had to deal with that. But yeah. if Joe Cronin knows if he's going to be a successful GM for the Portland Trailblazers, the rest of the NBA players are going to have to trust him. And Damon said he trusts him, which is huge. And CJ going out the door is saying, hey, you know what? I get it. It's a business. I loved everything about Portland. And I'm excited to be in New Orleans rather than say, Two minutes I mean, after he gets to, crap. right. Like I'm out of here, <laughs> you know, Screw I mean, you Portland. can, you could do that. If you know, you could do whatever you want. If you're Jerry West, you know what I'm saying? Like back in, you know, if you're the Warriors and even the Lakers and, um, you can't do it as a as the Knicks that I've learned. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's certain places that you don't have to worry about that as much. So I think that was important that Joe Cronin made a move that CJ McAllum would not, you know, Be like, this is some bull. And that also limited him. I mean, we don't think about, we didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? Saying Aaron, when we were talking about what could be happening, sometimes people don't think about the big picture. And Joe Cronin opened up that big picture. Thanks to Aaron Fentress's constant questions. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: So when when I was advocating big time for trading CJ to Philly for Ben Simmons, one of my arguments was that Philly with, CJ would beat Philly with Ben Simmons and Portland with Ben Simmons would beat Portland with CJ. Cause I just felt like it was just a, each, each person brought what the other team needed. needed. And this, and this it's the same thing here with this CJ McCollum, if Zion Williams ever comes back (laughs) and it's still Zion Williams, CJ McCollum is going to be playing with two guys that Dame would kill to play for, that Portland would kill to get those two kind of guys. So this is an absolutely amazing, way better situation for CJ because he's going to be the small guard creating his shots with Freakazoid Brandon Ingram and Freakazoid Zion Williams, Zion Williamson doing whatever they're doing around him. It's going to be a, an amazing basketball situation for him. So I didn't feel for, sorry for him at all. It's like, oh, it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Like I said, I give you a tissue, give you a hug he's going to have a great time in New Orleans as long as Zion comes back. It's a perfect situation for him.
1: I don't know if there's anybody who makes $70 million in two years that I feel bad for, you know, (laughs) as far as their career. I mean, I'd feel bad if things happen in their family. I'm I'm just saying, though, it is a big shift, and he did just have a baby, bought a house, he's got a vineyard, all these things, like he's got a vineyard. How sorry can I feel bad for a guy who owns a vineyard? (laughs) You know, like I own grapes. I bought grapes yesterday.
2: Green or red? Multiple, multiple grapes. I like that, too. I, do, I usually do both. And then just, yeah, you know, but I'm a big, great guy.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I like all grapes. My son's picky. I'm not. I don't care. It's it's nature's sugar, man. I love nature's sugar. But I, 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 I do um want to point out that you're like the two guys. Zion was was the next LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Like, anyone would want to play with that guy. We right. haven't gotten to see enough of it. Everything we have seen has been magnificent. And if he ever gets in you know, gets healthy and gets in really, gets in that Charles Barkley thin shape. Oh gosh. You know, I have no, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like when no, he got exactly his man. Oh my gosh. He, he looked, looked good. good last year when he was playing. He looked great. He did. He did. Yeah. But he's still, he's still not. He's still he's got some he old Charles. Be. Yeah, he's, he's got old Charles Barkley in him. You know, they don't wear the shorts that tight, so you can't tell exactly how <laughs> big a guy is. Like when Charles played, that was almost obscene. Like, get the man some extra large shorts, you know. Uh, but yeah, I just think that guy, that guy is a t- transformational player. You know, and then of course Ingram is really, really good and is a really big guard that can do. I mean, he's got the guy never shows any emotion, so it's gonna be. Fu- I think that's gonna be fun because you got CJ. That you know that guy hits a layup. Up 20, CJ's barking at people. <laughs> yeah. Ingram hits a three down two with two seconds left, and he's like eyebrow raises. So I think that it'll be interesting. And it'll also be – CJ's going to have to change his game because he's never had a player like those that like Zion. You know, he's never had yeah. – he's had Dame that he has to work with, but not a – he's never had a forward – well, heck, nobody's played. Very few people have played with guys like Zion. But you know what I'm saying? Like so, said, that'll be a different. He's never uh, played the, the play guy he's, from. He's, ne-
2: he's never played with two guys like this ever. They're better they're the, they're they're better big guys than he's ever played with. So it's gonna be a completely different experience for the guy. Yes. So good for him.
1: Yeah, and he'll have to run a different offense that for more than half a season. <laughs> you know, like right. he'll he will continue. I mean he 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 got to play under basically one coach's whole career except for this year, which was such a mess and he he barely right. played because his lung collapsed. So he'll have to learn a different system. He'll have to learn, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that as a guy that's played in the league that long, hasn't had to do it. Um, But, you know, he's a pro. He'll be fine. But we do want to talk about Josh Hart, who they got back, who clearly that was not – that might be the only player in all these trades that the Blazers got because they want to see him play for the Blazers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like everyone else could be – Derek Bledsoe, don't know. They already <laughs> traded one guy we thought was going to play for him. Um, I don't know anything about Elijah Hughes. Yeah, whatever. yeah, Elijah
2: Hughes is a little used former second-round pick who's going to get a chance to play now because every young nah, guy on the team is going to get a chance to play. <clears throat> I had, uh, We all asked uh, him, Billups, about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He had a lot of great things to say about him, and then within 24 hours he was gone, along with uh, Tomas Asadaransky. Uh, you know, Josh Hart though, you know, I, I, I asked Billups today. We we had press availability at the practice facility and Hart talked. And, um, I just went at it again. Like, okay, you know, is this, anything can happen, but is this truly a guy that when you guys were looking for the right deal while, while also trying to do right by CJ that you pointed to like, yes, I like that guy. I want that guy. He's the type of guy I want to coach as opposed to what's his contract? 12 million. Okay. Throw it in. And, uh, he made it clear that that he likes him a lot. That he likes his uh, attitude, uh, his work ethic, his competitive fire, competitive desire. That he's the type of guy that he wants to coach. He he, and, he
1: feels like a Billups guy. If you remember how Billups played, right, right, little exactly. L- plays hard defense, rebounds, you know, play guards whoever you put him on. You know, exactly. so I think I, it makes sense. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like hyperbole.
2: No. The only real knock, I mean, you could say, well, because of the era we live in, the the three-point shooting has gone down. It's it's really crazy. Like, he came into the league shooting 39.6. Like, that was his thing. Right. And then he was 34, 34, 33, 32 this season. Uh, So you'd you'd want that to be better. But then again, you know, down the line, if he's playing with Dame, with Ant, maybe he gets better looks. uh, and And that percentage can get up to 35 again. But regardless, he's still... Uh, you know, 60% on twos. So he's taking quality two point shots and he, uh, he's converting and his is effective is still 56. Um, Those rebounds. Talk about then, the rebounds. And then, and then the, yeah, the rebounds. Eight last season, 7.8 this season. So he's a good rebounding guard. He's pretty physically six five two fifteen, 15, not overly big, but he's bigger than CJ and bigger than Norm and he goes after rebounds. So no, it's. It's a good get. The defensive rating, you know, a little suspect, 112. I think he went better. But again, this season he was playing on a pretty bad team uh, with a lot of issues. But if you look at his history, his best defensive rating ever was 104.7. Last three years it's been around 111, 112. You want that to be better. But regardless, he at least is someone who, like you said, if he's your sixth man next year, because well, which he would be. If, it, if they were healthy, it would be Dame Simons Nasir with – uh Hart coming off the bench at the two or the three wherever you needed him, that's a great sixth man to have as long as everything else falls into place.
1: And what I say about that is I agree that's what it would be, but Hart's the kind of guy that's gonna make it hard for you to make the the you know the decision. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna right. he's the kind of guy that works real hard and if he steps into the lineup and and you know, with that lineup he's still gonna get twenty five, thirty minutes a game, you know, yep. maybe depending yeah, well, on no, the, uh, well, he'll on the be the backup two and he'll be the backup two and yep. the backup three. And so well, if
2: to it like well they right now let's hope they but that's the key. Well, I'm just like, saying yeah, yeah, we don't know what they're going to sign. I'm just saying that if if those But that's four, not a terrible
1: <clears throat> that's not no, a terrible awesome.
2: team. There's 96 minutes available at the 2 and the 3. So if those other two guys each play 33, guess what? There's 33 more or 30
1: 30 more available for the for the next guy, so plenty of minutes will be available. And he feels like the kind of guy that which would Billups has questioned at times energy level you know, that the energy level right. wasn't always there. Right. Hart, if you watch him sometimes, I mean, he takes the ball off the rim and he is gone. You know, he, yep. he does not, he is not Mr. Nonchalant. He wants to go, go, go. Um, and that there's nothing that excites anyone who plays basketball more than, a, you know, a guy goes coast to coast and dunks, you know, or or goes to the rim that you can't not, hustle with a guy like that. Cause you look pretty bad when the guy who got the rebound is beating you down the court, you know? So I think it'll, that, that's why Billups is excited to have him, but it does open up that, you know, big thing that you said, if he's your sixth man or, uh, the truth is, if that's your starting lineup, what did you do with all that money? <laughs> you yeah, like it, what'd you do with that draft picks? So that's the, uh, As our as our fine producer Andrew Thien mentioned, that comes down to now the okay one more time, Blazer fans, trust it's the trust (laughs) issue. You gotta trust me this time. I mean it. (laughs) This time Uh, we're gonna figure it out. So speaking of which,
2: speaking of which, yes, uh, Cronin said, "Easy to tear it down, more difficult to build it back up." We all know the history of signing free agents in this market. Kenny Anderson, arguably, and Brian Grant, probably the two biggest names they've ever signed.
1: Wesley Matthews uh, is a big one. Wesley Matthews, yeah, that's probably third on that I'm just list saying, one but when four. you look at it, you're like, really? Yeah, really? That was a big yeah,
2: one. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, they traded for Scottie Pippen, but he was 34 at the time. Uh, they got other guys like Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Rashid. Abraham and Rashid. Well, yeah, but Rashid, Rashid wasn't Rashid yet. Rashid was like a reject from Washington, remember?
1: Yeah, he was still pretty darn good. You know, Was like, he in Washington? I'm looking him up. I'm just saying he was at North Carolina. He was at McDonald's All-American. He was,
2: yeah, you know, know, he, yes,
1: he, he, he did, but I'm saying they got he a wasn't, guy. He, I
2: know, but he wasn't, he wasn't a free right, agent not he was traded for, he was traded for not a free agent. He was the fourth pick in the draft. He had a miserable rookie season and then they traded for him, which yeah. was a genius move. But anyway. But I'm just saying um, that's,
1: that would be fine, right? Get a guy who's well, yeah. a top five pick. You know, that'll well, yeah, that, that I
2: mean, that and of, let him grow. What I'm getting to here is that the free agent thing, you know, Cronin said, wait, they just have to do a better job of recruiting. You got Billups, you got Dame. Uh, can those three go out and convince some people? Maybe. We'll see. But the problem with this offseason is that the free agent market is brutal. There's there's really
1: Yusuf no a big name on
2: there. Yeah, Nurkic might be – like uh, to me, I think they're going to bring him back because they're not going to have much choices at – the five, and plus you can give them five years, which might be dangerous. You might want to try and see if you can steal them for three years, 45. I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, John Wall, Westbrook, Bradley Beal. I mean, could you bring in a Bradley Beal? That'd be a fascinating situation if you could pull that off. But then, um, then it, you
1: just got yourself right back <laughs> into the same problem in a way. No, I, well, I, well, I, mean, I know.
2: Them. No, I 100% don't, do not disagree with you. You'd have to reshuffle some things if you went after a Beal. Uh, I'm just going through the names here. Gary Harris. He makes twenty one million in Orlando, which I cannot believe he makes that kind of money. Zach Levine's not going to go anywhere. Uh, is too old. That Ace Young's too old. Joe Ingles—they already have. I guess you can resign him. You got Nurgish, T.J. Warren—not necessarily big that you want. DeAndre Ayton, oh whoops, Bird rights, Arizona or Phoenix—he's not going anywhere.
0: No.
2: Um, Tristan Thompson, Montrezl Harrell—you know, it's just it's Marvin Bagley. It's just not a good list. P.J. Tucker, like you might be able to find some role players in there to, to, to mix in, but I or, think or or, or sign but, Bagley and
1: Prey. Right, or side, he's aggaling I'm just saying, like, I think there's Wallace
2: possibility. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I kind of see Detroit trying to do whatever they can to hold on to them. Maybe we'll see. But the next year is when there are some better options. And I do think they're going to be in a position to where if they can't get the people they want in 2022 via trade or free agency, then I think they'll probably try and do whatever they can to try and save as much cash space as they can. But the, the overriding point, meaning – it's not going to be easy to fill in all of these blanks with straight free agents. They're going to have to be creative in terms of finding teams just like they were who want to move players and are willing to take expiring contracts and or uh, that lottery pick or what have you to get those players to come and you want those players to fit better with what your base is now with Dame and ants, and of course I wasn't CJ and Powell. You want different types of players.
1: Yeah. And of course the key is you right now, we have no idea who's gonna get disgruntled. Because that's what happens in this league. You know, Zach Randolph, yep. the Knicks, he could be available after last year. There was no chance Zach Randolph was going to be available for the Knicks. He was the savior. He was an all-star. They signed him to a big contract. And now they're like, Well, <laughs> maybe. Yes. I mean, who would have thought when you know Prozingis would have been available? You know, so quickly after they got him. um, I'm just saying the NBA is a strange league in James Harden this year for Ben Simmons. Like, who thought that? Like, th- th- it was the dream trio in, in Brooklyn and boom, it's over. So I'm just saying, like, with this league, really good players suddenly become available that you never thought were going to be available. Right. To me, you got to be there and ready. And they are as far as space, but I think the draft pick, like if they, if you hit a home run with, you know, if you trade one and you keep one and you hit a home run with that and you, people suddenly see a future all-star, <laughs> it changes, changes the dynamic it, of your man. team. That's it's the, crazy.
2: Power forward. Yeah. I know it's, that, that's why they need to lose. Someone emailed me today. I'm done with the Blazers. This is my I've been a season ticket over 20 years. I can't believe they're doing this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, what are you thinking? Like, don't don't cry when you see them have the third pick <laughs> and they draft some star. You come running right back.
1: Well, so we've talked about this before. It makes no sense to me. If you're you're begging you said, Neil O'Shea, all he does is bring it back. He doesn't make big moves. He just thinks we're somehow suddenly going to go from a sixth-place team to win a title. And then you get a guy that says, you know, we could have brought it back and got it sixth-place, but we weren't going to win a championship, so I had to do this. You're like, you can't. What did, what did you want? You wanted a miracle? You wanted to go from a sixth-place team? You wanted the Sixers to give you Ben Simmons for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and, and, and also you wanted the NBA to change the structure of the salary cap so that you could have Ben Simmons and not, not trade, you know, Dame, you know what I mean? Or CJ and picks. I mean, it's just not a realistic thing. I mean, you see how Ben Simmons eventually got traded. He got traded for James Harden, a max player, a player that MVP at times has been the best player in the world. You know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a, People want they 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 ask for things, but they they don't always realize that there's going to consequences to what you ask for. I mean, people got what they wanted from they got what they wanted Neil O'Shea to do at some, is which is realize that you didn't build us a championship and figure out a way to do it. Who knows? It's the old if trust whatever word you want to use. Right now, as a Blazer fan, you have to you need a savvy front office and you need somebody to decide that Portland's their place. And the element that everyone, no one, no one who does this professionally wants to admit, you got to get lucky.
2: You got to get lucky.
1: Damian Lillard was lucky. I mean, he came out of Weber state. He wasn't a top three pick. He was a really high pick out of Weber state. And there was, there's been just as many guards get picked that high that have you know just not done it you know that have not risen and they got lucky when they when they drafted him so there are a lot of there are and they got really unlucky when they drafted greg owen you know what i'm saying that's luck
2: that's true you are listening to the blazer focus podcast we'll be right back after a short break Here's another thing I like about this, and I asked Cronin about this about having sort of the, the two tracks going because people you know there are some people out there who are like this is gonna work, they're not gonna get free agents, they're not gonna be able to trade anybody, they're just gonna, you know, be younger and Dame's gonna be mad and Dame's gonna leave, blah, blah, blah. That's all possible. Dame, I believe, is I believe them when they say that Dame is involved, not involved necessarily, but on board, knows what's going on, is in discussions when they tr- when they're thinking about making a move. So they, they definitely consult with him or talk to him. But I do think it's a, it's a wait and see thing. If they, f- if they fail in this offseason to bring back anything significant and it doesn't look like they're going to be able to do so the next year. And Damien's looking around at a team of a bunch of uh, kids and two rookies. I think it's altogether possible that Damien can say, okay, you know, I've got maybe three, four years of prime left. I don't see this happening here. Uh, you, you got to move me. Let's just, let's just make this happen. To me, if that is the worst case scenario and the sky is falling scenario that a lot of people are pointing to, I'm not saying I'm good with it because I, I want to see them try and make this work with Dame. But I'm good with it because the, the, the what they're doing in terms of the fact that say what you want about Neil O'Shea, he hit on Anthony Simons and he hit on Nasir Little, which is tough to do in the mid twenties. He hit on both those guys. So and and they've emerged as being legitimate. Players, not necessarily franchise different makers are going to take you to the promised land by themselves type of players, but definitely really good players. And then you're going to have a top five pick, more than likely, and then you're going to have what's probably going to be the 10th or 11th pick, or 13th, somewhere in there, from New Orleans. you got Keon Johnson, whom they say they do like. He was a 21st pick last year. You're going to have Hart. Maybe you keep Nurkic, Nurkic. And then whatever you trade Dame for, if you trade him for a young star and picks, all of a sudden you have yourself a great starting point for a complete rebuild around Anfernee and that top five pick, assuming you hit on him. And that's not necessarily a bad way to go either. Plus, then you could also keep the fantasy alive that or start the fantasy that Dame leads for a couple of years and then comes back after his contract ends. But I love the fact that they're in position to do one or the
1: other, depending on how things go. I don't disagree with anything you said other than that's getting way, 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 way down the road. It's not that down the road, man. It's June. This is all going to come down in June. Yeah. July. July. Sorry. July. I don't see Dame. I think it'd be short-sighted if Dame made the call. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible after just the summer because trades happen during the year and as you said, the free agent market's kind of crappy. So the expectation has to be that this is I mean, I think you should give it two years. And look, here's the
0: thing. Nobody's we don't, three, don't even four. know if Joe Cronin. Card-
1: well, I'm just saying your second year, like this year, you gotta see growth. And then if you're you could be one piece away. And if they don't make that piece, well, okay. then you got now, like I said though, if if he right if he sees light at the end of the
2: tunnel next offseason, yes, yeah. he'll probably be fine. But if, I'm saying if he looks around and he's got a bunch of kids around him, and they didn't get anyone at all. And he looks at next year, and he's like, I don't think we're getting anyone next year. Then I think that's when the rumblings will start.
1: Yeah, but I mean, here's the crazy thing. We're talking all about this. and Right now, Joe Cronin's still the interim. Oh, that's another You know discussion. what I mean? You know, I'm just That's saying, true. like, you know, you're you're, you're already down to j- Dame leaving and coming back, and to Joe, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and Joe and, and like, CJ, dude, I, I, I didn't even get the, I don't even have the job yet. Like, I don't even, we don't even know if he. Joe's like, I'm not even sure I'm the ones making the decisions He's in 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 the uh, in they're not, summer. They're not going to yeah. All right, so I already said you were right once, which is painful, but th- yeah, that leads us right into the perfect time for fact. Or Fentress. Yeah. Are you loaded up? Are I'm you loaded, loaded up. up? I'm right, loaded up. Factor Fentress, just in case somebody has missed our previous podcasts, which is <laughs> shameful, is when Aaron Fentress takes things in his brain that he believes are <laughs> no That there's no debate. And my job is to decide, is that just reality in Fentress's brain, or is that actually a true statement? Give it to us, Aaron. okay, so this one I,
2: I will admit is a little less me saying it's a definitive fact than usual, but I do really believe this is going to happen because I believe in what they're doing, and I think it's going to work out to a certain extent. So I believe that they're going to make enough quality moves over the next two off seasons to put themselves in position to contend, however, before dame's gone or done, however. I think they're going to peak at the West Finals still. I don't think they're going to be able to do enough to get over the hump and beat certain teams that have just certain star level that you just really can't compete with. But I do think it's going to work in that they're going to become really good, really exciting, but not quite good enough to win it all. What, what happened to the Aaron Fentress that I know? That's optimism. I don't, what is that? That's what optimism.
1: I'm, wait a minute. What do you mean? I'm using wait, I,
2: I'm the king of optimism. I just bring the pessimism
1: when it's, when it's warranted. You know, I, I, all I have to say is that I hope that's fact in a way. I mean, I think that peaking, because if you get there, circumstances can change very quickly to get you to Correct. a title. Because all you got to do is get, all you got to do is have Chris Paul break his thumb. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, <laughs> all you, you know, all you need is Blake Griffin to hurt his hurt his leg, and boom, you're in the finals. Or Durant and, then, and he, Clay Thompson to get hurt, and that's why Toronto won. I'm just saying, like if I I would sign up for that if I were a Blazer fan, that's for sure. So I will I will wish that to be fact, and that hope the only part that's wrong is that uh, there's uh, some things happen and, and and they make it a, a they, little they bit further through. I yeah, I mean,
2: I, it's. It's nice to think that that could happen, but like it, it, there's just there's gonna be teams, a couple of teams that are just gonna be stacked. Or and I just don't believe the Blazers can ever be stacked. And that's one of the reasons why I just laugh at fans or media who say, you know, O'Shea was a terrible GM. Well, they made the playoffs eight straight years. Yeah, but we only made the West Finals once. Only that was the first time you made it in 19 years. And you're you're living in a world where people are stacking teams. So unless you can also stack your team, you don't have a very good chance of contending. So I just think draft Giannis.
1: Draft Giannis, then you don't have to be stat stacked. That's true. Well, that would have been stacked, but again, everyone missed on that. Not no, I'm no, him. I'm saying like that's what Milwaukee did. They dra- they got you know they well, yeah, drafted Giannis. Giannis they traded for Milton,
2: and Milton was a nobody when they traded for him. They made. Those but the I'm two... just saying, like, and I right. love
1: Chris Middleton. He's from Charleston, South Carolina. I actually saw him play as a freshman when I was down there. But Chris Middleton is is a really, really good, and sure, he can, you could say he's an all star, but he's not. He's not a you know an a top ten elite talent. He's as right. good as well, why- he is. Giannis is because Giannis is crazy. Right. Giannis and, is crazy, and even still, the only reason oh, they won the
2: title. Even still, the only reason they won the title is because the stacked team in the East
1: got hurt. Yeah, got hurt. No, that's what I'm saying. Like you can, you could do it. You play when you're the Blazers and you play the Warriors and they're stacked, you get swept. You know, when when they when the Warriors, you know, lose to Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant, Toronto wins. You know, like that's right. it. Sometimes <laughs> it's luck. Exactly. All right, give us another one. You got another you want, one? You want another one? Do you have another? If not, we can go to – I know Andrew Thien, is, he's wound up and ready to go. So it's up to you if you no, have one. Uh, no, I'm good. All right, it's time for No Look Passes. Andrew Thien's No Look Passes. He's got two. No Look Passes from Andrew Thien. All right,
0: don't hit me in the head. Oh, I'm, I'm dropping dimes. <laughs> I'm always dropping dimes. All right, true or False. Both LaMarcus Aldridge and C.J. McCollum will have their numbers retired in Portland.
1: Right, before we answer this, we just got to, it's a great question. We need to explain what no-look passes is, is. It means we haven't seen them. Aaron and I have no time to prep. We just have to go. Aaron, you're up first. Do they, wow. So both, it's all or nothing, right? Correct. I say,
2: I say false. I say C.J. yes, Aldridge no.
1: Yeah, I say false. I don't. I I you know it's funny you say that cuz really impact wise Lamar Lamarcus number wise and stuff like that he t- did more but yeah I don't, I don't know if either I don't know if either one gets their numbers retired It's weird the Blazers went from retiring every single number from one team to retire nobody's number you know what i mean they <laughs> they retired everybody's yeah I mean, Fifth it, he's fifth all-time
2: scoring you traded him he and Dame formed a great backcourt. They went to the West Finals. I could, I could definitely see CJ happening, but I agree with you that might not. But I, and this might just be me, but to me, Aldridge leaving, like had Aldridge stayed with the emergence of CJ, I mean, my God, no they, they might have had a look. Although the Warriors are still the Warriors, but I just think the fact that he bailed on
1: you, no, I'm not retiring your jersey. Sorry, right. I would go with false because I'm not sure CJ gets his number retired. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be mad at it, but it's just, you know. It's interesting.
2: If your wife left you, are you going to build a shrine to her? No. Next.
0: How many of these three players will be Portland Trailblazers next year? Mm. CJ Ellaby, Eric Bledsoe, and Trendon Watford.
2: Oh, two of the three. Ellaby and Watford.
1: Give me that list one more time.
0: Which of these three players will be Portland Trailblazers next year? CJ Ellaby... Eric Bledsoe, and Trendon Watford?
1: I mean, there's definitely not three of three. <laughs> like, Let's just be honest. <laughs> there's it's no just way a question Bledsoe's if coming back next year. There's no right. way out. Uh, they value
0: just, his defensive abilities, Aaron. God, That's what they said at the press conference.
1: Said, you know yeah, what? Yeah. No, I would actually say <laughs> I'm going to go one of three. Which one? I, I just think that one out of those other two, they might get – Some, you know, there might be more talent somewhere else that they'll be able to figure it out. But I would say the safe bet is Aaron's two or three, but I'm going to go one or three. And look, it wouldn't be shocking if it was over three right Aaron? you wouldn't be like, no way. You know, you'd be like, yeah, I get it. Who? who, Yeah. Who knows?
2: One's a two way guy in Wofford. The other one's a second former second round pick who looks nice, but, you know, still got to get
1: bigger and stronger. But yeah don't know we wouldn't have predicted who is on this team right now you know five days ago <laughs> 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 all, right, all right that was fun we got two this got week guys one? two no, we don't no oh you, no, no. do you have another one was that in it
0: oh that's all i got
1: that's it it's good enough man we did two podcasts this week he did exactly.
0: well
1: exactly Nice. all right that was fun um anything else we covered it No, all, right? i
2: think we figured it out All right, thanks everyone for listening to our second podcast this week as we wrapped up the trade deadline. We'll be back next week. I think we're probably going to go after they wrap up the season, I would think, right before the break starts. I'll be on the road actually with the team for the first time since uh, November. I'll be going to Milwaukee and Memphis. Got some creatures I'm working on. Be sure to click the subscribe button and give us a five-star review. We'd appreciate that. I'm Aaron He He's Craig Burnback. And thanks for listening to the Blazer Focused Podcast.